Hey guys, John Paulamy here, Actionable Intelligence. Today is Saturday, February 6, 2021, and this is the weekly market update. So this is a chart uh, from a website, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. And they basically track the COVID-19 vaccination progress for just about every country in the world. And Oh, here's the name of the website in the upper right there, Our World and Data, but I'll put a link to it. So they're collecting this data. Why am I showing you this? Because you can track this and you can see that the amount of people being vaccinated is increasing every day. Uh, and why is this important? Because this ties into my theory, at least in the US, of what I expect to happen in 2021. So let me just show you this and then show you, now I'm not saying that uh, correlations causation, but uh, I am gonna sh show this because I think this segues into a reminding everyone what my uh, investment basis is for 2021 at least. So this is, the, uh, this is from the Worldometer and they track all the, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. They track all of the, you can go by country, state, um, different countries around the world, the world in general, states, counties, whatever, um, about the, this is the amount of new cases, daily cases of COVID. You can also do the deaths. And what I'm trying to show you here is that we saw a peak in early January um, in COVID new cases. Uh, that's a around the time when they started the vaccination program. You can go back and uh, look by date, but as you can see the vaccinations are increasing. This is just one single dose. Uh, later on in, in their website, they show, um, they show people that have got both doses. And I think it's like seven and a half million in the US. Nevertheless, what I'm the point I'm trying to make is, is that you have to remember something about at least US politics. Everything is the political. Everything will be spun to the advantage of um, if something good happens, it'll be spun that the administration and the party, regardless if it's Democratic or Republican, that they're the cause of it. Re and, and the people believe that. I mean, people don't really follow this stuff. Um, do I, does that cynical? Yes, it is. Politics is cynical. Um, and it's, you know, everything is the political. And uh, polls matter. Uh, all these things matter. So as we see the amount of new cases go down, as we see the vaccinations go up, as we see Uncle Joe's 100-day mask executive order and all these things that he's saying, we're going to see, regardless if it's the vaccinations, regardless of what's really causing it, the case count's going to go down. The deaths are going to go down. There's going to be calls to open up the economy, okay? They're already seeing things being relaxed, like out in California, the stay-at-home order was, I believe, lifted on February 1st. You're going to see more and more of this. And what I just heard anecdotally, I was listening to a webcast or a uh, podcast, and somebody was talking about when they did lift the stay-at-home order, like in California, people were just out, you know, places were packed. People want to get out of their house, okay? So what I'm trying to get at is basically my... 
prediction, I don't want to say prediction, what the, the operating thesis I have is you have all this pent up demand. Okay, people have been locked down for a year, various levels of lockdown around the country, around the world. You're seeing now the vaccinations are picking up speed, the case counts are dropping. They've also, there was, I'm not going to get into because people are going to consider it conspiracy, you know, lowering the, th or the threshold on the PCR tests got changed. So it makes it harder for a test to come positive. Um, these are all going to be spun as, look, aren't our policies so great? And now you couple that with the trillions of dollars. I mean, personal income is at, you know, a tremendous like multi-decade high because of all the free money and the enhanced unemployment benefits uh, that have been bestowed upon the populace by the government. And so now you open everything up, you know, and now take this into consideration. You have this overabundance of money with more coming, evidently. There's another stimulus being negotiated right now. And then further down the trough, there will be a infrastructure program, whatever that means. And you, 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 you layer that on top of an economy that has had its ability to supply goods and services constricted. Remember, we've locked things down. Many businesses have went out of business. Many services have went out of business, okay? Things have been disrupted, but yet you have this tremendous tsunami of cash coming towards the economy with a constriction of goods and services. So what am I seeing? I'm, I'm seeing, in my mind at least, if you look across the broad uh, uh, commodity spectrum, prices are up just about in every commodity. We've already talked about energy before. Um, you know, oil is now right around $60 a barrel for the Brent price, which basically means everybody makes money. Every oil producer makes money at that price. So, um, and we haven't even really opened everything up yet. So what I'm trying to tell you is things are going in the direction, continue to move into the direction like I thought they would. And they're going to be more apt because they want, you know, people think that Biden and all these people are communists, whatever. Look, they have left-wing persuasions, but they still need a good economy. People vote with their pocketbooks. Uh, people are going to, not going to support the regime if they're starving, okay? And they expect, you know, he said he was going to fix all this, so they're going to spin it like he fixed it, and they're going to open things up. Now, will it happen in fits and starts? Yes. Will there be more outbreaks? I don't know. I, I, I don't have a crystal ball. But I think as we go forward... Uh, the perception has crested as have the new cases. Do I think this shoots back up? I don't know. So it depends on the efficacy of the of the of the um, vac vaccines and just the natural tendency of viruses to burn themselves out as they find um, less, you know, non-infected non-infected hosts. This is just typical. So um, it remains to be seen, but that's the thesis I'm operating from. And so what I anticipate seeing is a, you're going to see some economic numbers this year. If things go the way I think, they're going to be tremendous. It's going to blow out. They're going to be blowout numbers. And of course, the administration will take credit for it. But the other thing, going back to what I said, and you're already starting to see that in the bond market, bond interest rates are going up. Why? Because people are anticipating the economy getting better. Okay. But as that tsunami of cash, of trillions of dollars, you know, that six, seven, eight trillion dollars of cash hits a $23 trillion economy with the constricted ability to produce goods and services because of the year lockdown, because of the shutterings, because of the disruptions, we're going to see price increases. Okay. That's going to come along too. 
That's what we've been anticipating. So as an indication of, you know, I've been talking about energy quite a bit in the last few, few weeks, because why? Oil's been recovering. Oil demand's recovering. The oil price has been climbing. And it's, you know, it's kind of been a little stealthy. Not many people are talking about it. Uh, a lot of the oil stocks uh, bottomed uh, several, like a couple months ago, in some cases, we were buying. Um, and this is just an indication of what's happening. You know, oil, India oil demand is roaring back. Look where it's at. It's basically at, you know, back to almost normal. We've seen the same thing in China. These are huge oil consuming countries. As lockdowns go away, as things move towards normal, as things go from bad to less bad, you get a consummate revaluation in some of these equities. You, uh, many of the oil stocks are still trading, even though they've had tremendous runs, they've had, I mean, they've been basically, some of them have went straight up. They're still quite a bit undervalued from a perspective of where they should be at, you know, $55 WTI or $60 Brent. And there's tremendous values out there. You know, we just had a new recommendation in the newsletter of a company in South America who uh, had their export pipeline shut down because of COVID. It's back online and they anticipate doubling their production this year at a break-even price of $27 Brent. I mean, the stock is already, you know, up since we bought it in the newsletter, this pick for this month. That's the kind of things you're going to see. And I'll get into a stock that I mentioned last week or the week before that's already up 70% in a couple of weeks. That's the kind of things that happen as people, as that's what, this is a perfect example of the, what I've talked about before. The, it's perception is what matters a lot in these markets. Uh, two months ago, the economy was dead, oil's dead, it's going away, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, smart investors like myself and other people were buying oil stocks because we know that that's not the, really the case for most of the people in the world. And now the price is going up because oil demand's coming back. What about the EV revolution in India? Forget about it. I mean, <laughs> people live on $2 a day. There's no Teslas running. You know, that's not going to be, that's going to be decades away, full electrification of these emerging markets. They're going to rely on oil. Okay, so... What I'm trying to tell you is, is that as this demand comes back, supply has been constricted. It's going to be another example. Perception of the oil market has going from very bad to less bad. And then you get that, you know, change in perception and a revaluation in that market. And that's what we're seeing. And I foresee that that is going to continue. I believe energy will be one of the top performers this year, specifically oil and gas. Something else I wanted to talk about feeds into the thesis. You know, many of the metals we're following, many, all commodities, just about every commodity I can think of is up double digits. Many of the metals are copper, you know, nickel, all of these things are, 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 are up massively. And what I wanted to show was, this is an illustration of, you know, it shows that the U.S. private investment in mining exploration, okay, is at a 62-year low. So, for things that you need, uh, the investment hasn't happened. And as I've said it before, if you don't mine it or grow it, you don't have it. You're not going to have an electrification or an EV revolution or a green revolution without these commodities. It's just that simple. 
They're going to have to be extracted from the earth at great cost and effort. The investments haven't been made. Ergo, the price is going to have to go up substantially for these commodities to bring the requisite capital to the market to develop the, re the resources that are necessary. That's what the opportunity is. And I like to show these type of things. I find these things, you know, I have cultivated this great, what I call a kind of a pseudo analyst community of people that I follow on Twitter that, you know, constantly posting this good stuff. Now, I don't want to get into a confirmation bias. You know, I want to look for the, you know, what, what are the things that are going to destroy my thesis? And I do look for those things, but this is a fact. You know, demand for these metals is high. They're all the industrialized world's talking about moving in this direction but where are they going to get the materials to do it? And it's not something you can just do a light, flip a light switch and you can have all the commodities you need. That's not how things work. I don't know if I flipped through everything too quick. Hold on. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about the whole, just from a psychological or a, learning experience of the whole GameStop thing. I'm going to stay out of it, you know, as far as I, I said that last week, people are going to do what they're going to do. But, you know, this is why I don't speculate in those things. I don't mess around with stuff like that. I don't go on message boards and talk to a bunch of other people and, and, and you know, like the crazy nonsense about, you know, they're going to drive the silver shorts i mean that didn't last that lasted two days and you know the silver price is back because there is you know there's this you know bs theory out there about this huge short position in silver i mean in all commodities there are short and long positions okay because commodity markets are used for hedging by producers by consumers you know not just speculators it's not just all speculators in jp morgan they have legitimate functions for business and that is to, to um, give certainty to producers and consumers of commodities of what their price is going to, the price that they're going to get for the commodity or the price they have to pay because they're running businesses. Li additional liquidities is provided by speculators that get in there and try to game or figure out where the price is going to go. But this idea that there's these huge short positions that were going to be undone, I mean, you're really going to go... It's like people don't read the prospectuses or the documents for the securities that they're buying. You know, everybody said they were going to buy the SLV ETF, which is silver ETF. It's run by JP Morgan. I mean, I haven't read it either. It's probably like 300 pages. Do you really think you're going to walk into the wolf's lair and try to destroy the entity that controls the, uh, the issuance or of that particular security I mean, it doesn't make any sense. It's just a lot of nonsense. Now, I understand that there's a lot of frustration and that's good and it needs to be channeled properly. They got, a, they got the GameStop thing. It worked because it was a bunch of naked shorting going on. There were more shares shorted than existed. That's illegal. That's illegal. But now this idea that they're going to you know, bring down these companies and teach Wall Street a lesson, that's not going to happen. And you have to, I am a prudent speculator. I am somebody that takes my shots are rifle shots, not shotgun. And I have a thesis and facts behind. It's not based on emotion or getting caught up in FOMO or chasing the next shiny object 
or following delusions of grandeur that I'm going to bring down all these people that have, you know, the problem is, is you're existing in a system that you don't control. You're playing, if you want to play in the sandbox, you don't control the rules. So you have to understand the rules better than anybody else, and then use those rules or operate in such a way that you can uh, outperform. And that's what we do. I, I, you know, when I, 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 I knew about the GameStop naked shorting a couple months ago, but I don't get involved in things like that. The outcomes are not, they're too hard to game. And some people made a tremendous amount of money. And there's people out there saying, like it's Bitcoin or something, just hold the line. Like, like it's some infantry battalion at Gettysburg and you're getting charged by the Confederate troops. Hold the line. That's, who's, that's goofy. You're here. The only reason to be in these financial markets is to make money. If you want to change the system, this is how you change the system. There's two ways to affect change in systems historically. Okay? I'm going to lay it out for you. Make a tremendous amount of money so you can be a player and make the rules. That means make a billion dollars, and then you'll get a seat at the table, and then you can make the rules any way you want. That's one way. Another way is pick up a gun and go change it that way. Power comes from the barrel of a gun, Mao Zedong. Those are your two choices. Buying SLV because you think you're going to run JP Morgan out of the market is not going to work. Walking around with a cardboard sign on a stick isn't going to work. That's not how things are set up. Uh, that, that, that doesn't, I know that doesn't, voting doesn't work. Okay. This is, this is, an, you're dealing with a lot of evil people that care about nothing but money. They're sharpies. You know, it's a good bet that a lot of hedge funds were, were involved in Wall Street bets on those message boards also, egging people on. And once the momentum came, came in, from retail, they jumped on and piled on too, but they, they exited their positions. Then you've got people, you know, calling for people to hold the line. Like you're getting charged. Like this is some, you know, battle like with, you know, Braveheart or something. I mean, I, I, I can't, I understand the emotion behind it. I respect it. I understand that people have feel like they've been slighted, like they have no, uh, you know, path forward in this particular economy uh it's it's rigged but that's not how you change it you're not going to change it so learn the rules better than everybody else and use it against them and the way you do that is you know you pick you pick and choose your battles and you go in with great facts and with the like at a poker table you play the right hands at the right time in the right position and then you do it in size enough that it makes a difference to your portfolio. And then when you have a billion dollars, then you can make all the rules you want. No one cares about a bunch of people on a Reddit board. Okay. It's, it, it was not a big deal. Here's a perfect example. Okay. This is another thing that people need to be worried about or thinking about. This is a tweet I saw. Whenever I get tempted to take part in a mania, long, short, doesn't matter. I visualize Isaac Newton, possibly the smartest human ever, going broke thinking he can profit from the South Sea bubble. It helps me stay as far away as possible. I'm not smart enough. So if you're not familiar with the South Sea's bubble, you can look it up. But it was another, it was a stock promotion during the time in the 1700s. And you can see you know, where Newton basically 
got in, made some money. He got out here. Then what does he see? This is what happens. People can't stand it when their neighbor, when they see their neighbor get rich and they're not participating. That's where the FOMO comes from. It's envy. How is this guy who's a bonehead or my, you know, the, your, your goofy brother-in-law that's wearing the pants from one suit and the jacket from another one at the Thanksgiving day, uh, family get together bragging about how much money he's making in Bitcoin. I had the same conversation back during the Bitcoin mania when retail got blown out a couple of years ago. You're like, this guy's a putz. He's bragging about all the money he's making. I need to get in on this because if that doofus can make that kind of money, why can't I? That's the thinking. You know, the greatest investor in the world, in the history of the modern world, at least, Warren Buffett, go look at the, I've said this like a hundred times on this channel, go look at the Berkshire Hathaway annual reports. They're all posted on their website. The first page of every annual report shows the performance of Berkshire Hathaway going all the way back to the inception uh, I think back in the 60s. And if you look at the average return over all those years, it's about 22%, I believe. So the greatest investor in the world averaged 22%. And everybody's out there looking for the next thing that's going to go up 1,000%. That's not typical, guys. We're in a mania. We're in a bubble. We are in a liquidity-induced euphoric bubble that's going to burst with all kinds of stock promotions and nonsense, with all kinds of uninitiated people that have no clue how capital markets work, don't have any sense of market history, don't understand and have a realistic expectation of what real and true market returns are. But they're smarter than, they're smarter than Warren Buffett. And then when this thing turns, they turn it into some political statement. I don't care if I lose all my money, I'm going to make a statement. Okay, well, You'll make your statement and then you'll go back to waiting tables at Applebee's. I mean, the goal of this is to get enough wealth so that you can, you know, take care of people, that you can uh, be a player, that you can uh, have a life for yourself. The world's your oyster. You don't have to stay in the United States. You know, we've had interviews with people that live outside the United States. They have tremendously happy, fulfilling lives. Trader Ferg, Scott Osheroff. Getting back to Newton. So he couldn't stand it, right? Because he had doofy friends. He was a really smart guy, you know, figured out gravity and all that. And his friends were getting rich around him, so he gets back in, all right? Friends are getting rich, so he goes all in, right near the top. That's what retail does all the time. Gets in at the top. When does he get out? He round-tripped it. This is just what a lot of people are doing in GameStop and all those other stocks now. He round-tripped it. The smartest guy possibly that ever lived basically ended up broke. That's, that's the whole point here, guys. The point isn't to go broke. If you want to be a speculator, understand that this is a speculation. Understand that it's a euphoric bubble, that it's a mania. Okay? You have to understand that going in. You have to get out well before. You're not going to top ticket. I'm telling you, if you do, you're lucky. That's all you are. Count to luck. But understand when something goes straight up like this, and I can show you chart after chart, after chart, after chart, through various market cycles when this happens. The same thing over and over because human nature never changes. Human emotion never changes. The biases never change. So please, this is the thing I keep bringing up. And it, it disturbs me and bothers me when people that, you know, they, they, they're trying to do the right thing. I, I actually do you know, think that these guys want to see change. They want, they know it's a rigged system. 
but that's not the way you're going to take it down. Go in to make your money. You have to live. You, if you have responsibilities, you got to take care of people. You don't, it's not a, you know, it's not a suicide bonsai charge. What good are you after that? You know, I don't care if I lose all my money, I'm going to make a statement. Okay. No one's going to care. Don't you understand? Can you name any of the revolutionaries that were put up against the wall in the Spanish revolution? No one cares. Can you name any of the people that stood against, you know, I mean, that's not how you do it. The game is to keep playing, not get knocked out of the game. That's my view, at least. So here we are. This is why all this stuff's happening, right? This is uh, from City Research. I don't know the full context, but if we just go and look at, you know, the previous massive dot-com bu bubble, which is one of the worst bubbles that I thought at the time, and I went through that and very familiar with this. I made a tremendous amount of money shorting stocks, buying put options, because I understood it was a mania. And you won't believe the vitriol and the hatred. I mean, all, all we had back then, we didn't have Reddit and Twitter and all that. All we had was Yahoo stock message boards. And it was just... It was the same kind of nonsense. A bunch of people that didn't know what they were doing, talking a bunch of crap. And, you know, who, where are they now? I don't know. I've told you the story about Serge the Trader, you know, blowing the cigar smoke into the CNBC camera with his big martini glass in front of him. You know, nobody, you know, the world's never seen people my age have this kind of money before. So you better get used to it. All that kind of crap. You know, people that have a, respect for the market, that understand the markets, that understand market history, that have uh, legitimate and realistic expectations for returns and how you attain those, those are the people that last. Every mania in, in that we have or bubble, we have the same type of people coming out of the woodwork. The uninitiated that don't know what they're doing, they get blown away. This is the worst that's ever happened, at least, you know, going back this far. I mean, I don't know. They don't have 1929 on here, but, you know, even 2008, which was the housing bubble, wasn't that bad. So everything mean reverts. What does a mean reversion from here to here look like? And usually when you mean revert, you usually go down into, you know, you go below the mean for some period of time, like we did in oil. That's what creates and energy. That's what creates the buying opportunities. You know, I was buying some oil service stocks back when oil, back in March or April, whenever oil traded at $40 negative, because I knew, you know, the oil industry and the need for oil wasn't going to just dry up and blow away. And any company that survived was selling at pennies on the dollar. That's how you make the real money. After the mean reversions, it's the same thing I talked about what happened in Cyprus several years ago, when Cyprus did the bank bail-in and the stock market in Cyprus went down 99%. The country wasn't going to drive and blow away. And there was actual companies that had most of their revenue outside of Cyprus that did just fine, but their stock got white, you know, got knocked down 90% also. You got to be in there and be buying that kind of stuff. That's how you make real money. Now you can chase these little things around on these message boards. Uh, you know, that's going to work for some people. And, they're, and the media is going to highlight, you know, the people that, you know, the guy turned 57 or 50 grand into 57 million, but that's not typical. That's like a, somebody that wins the lottery. So you're out playing the lottery because they put a new thing on there about a guy that won the lottery. 
they're always going to put the exception to the rule. Most people are going to get wiped out. Okay, this is going to be some shameless plugs and self-patting on the back. But I want to do it in the context of this is what I've been talking about. Now, this company is not in the portfolio. Why? Because it's even more riskier than the things that I like to deal with. But I still have a small position. This is Athabasca Oil Sands. I talked about it, I think, a week ago or two weeks ago. I can't remember. And I said, you know, if the oil price got, I think I showed a chart from Eric Nuttall, who talked about cash flows at 60 or $70, it was at $70 a barrel. Cash flows uh, or the ability of the companies to pay off all their debt and buy back all their stock and how many years it would take. And Athabasca was one of the lowest ones. It was like, if, if oil got to $70 a barrel, um, they basically would cash flow sufficient amounts of money to pay off all their debt and buy back all their stock theoretically in two years. And as the oil price continues to methodically plod higher um, and hitting the key areas of like $60 Brent and WTI over 55, people are waking up to this. You know, analysts are going to, you know, there's no analyst coverage, energy's dead. So now people, you know, smart people were accumulating. I was buying stock back in here, nibbling. Now, this is not a big position for me. But I just wanted to mention this because this is what can happen when perceptions change. If you think oil is going higher, like I do, I think oil could go to 70 or possibly $80 a barrel later this year. This is a company that's going to get revalued higher in that context. And what I try to tell people is you cannot wait until the oil price gets there because the stock is going to reflect the perception or it's going to look ahead six months. Okay, that's how, that's how these markets work. And so I mentioned it, uh, I think I did it jokingly, like mentioned it, the name three times in a row, like your teacher used to do uh, about some item that might be on the next week's quiz or test. And a couple of people picked up on it in the comments and, you know, we were having a little laugh about it. But this is an example of what can happen. Now, I'm not going to do shame. This is not typical. Uh, uh, this is not, you know, if you subscribe to my newsletter, this isn't going to happen every week. This is, this is happen to catch it by luck. Okay, but we do have shares in there that are oil companies or oil related that have moved tremendously over the last several months because the oil industry is going to come back. There has been insufficient investment necessary to provide the requisite amounts of oil that will be coming back if my theories are correct about getting back to some level of normalcy. Now, if you want to be way out on the spectrum on either side, like on the left and say, well, oil's going away in the next year or two, then this isn't for you. If you want to be way outside on the other side and say, it's all a conspiracy theory and all this. Yes, I believe that people of wealth and power conspire, but you know, to be able to control 8 billion people, what they do isn't as easy as you think. I mean, we've been in Iraq and Afghanistan for 15 or 20 years. Those places are not subdued. I use that as an example. So what I'm telling you is that if you get it right, if you are, if you have the foresight, if you will be patient, I mean, look back here, this thing got all the way down to 10 cents during the market crash, uh, the original COVID crash worked its way higher, double bottomed at 11 cents. You could have picked it up again in November, 
okay? And then has steadily been working its way higher. And then we had the big breakout, the money, you can see the volume came in. You know, it wasn't just me saying this, other people are getting it. It's now the generalist, you know, like Eric Nuttall saying, he's saying a lot of, you know, he's the last, one of the last energy funds in Canada. In a, in a country that is basically an energy dominated economy. And he said the same, he's been saying the same thing for six months. Was he talking his book? Well, you could say that, but he made the, the case, the facts were there. You know, these heavily leveraged companies, Athabasca has a lot of debt. There's no doubt about it. Okay. If oil doesn't rally, if oil doesn't, you know, get $60, $70 a barrel, they're going to be in big trouble in a year or two, conceivably. Some of these other companies would be too. But if you get to $60, $70, $80 a barrel and it stays there for a while, these companies get well real quick. And that's why you're seeing the share prices ramp up. You know, we had somebody in the comment section saying, thanks a lot for the pick. Uh, they're also a newsletter subscriber. You know, this is what we're talking about doing. This is what can happen on a perception change. That's how fast it happens. Nothing happens and then all of a sudden it happens. That's what happens with a lot of these beaten down companies that I deal with. Nothing happens for months or sometimes with the case of uranium, we were early into that. Nothing happens for years. You're just sitting there slowly buying shares, accumulating, you know, everybody's, everybody leaves. You're like one of the last ones there. Why are you, you know, op, you know, everybody's teasing you about opportunity costs. Look at all the money you can make in Google. And then all of a sudden, bang, you know, the last several months it's taken off and now everybody's talking about it. So I just wanted to point this out. This is not normal for us. I'm just, I'm not touting this. I'm not trying to turn this into a tout. Uh, would I buy this now? No, it's extremely overbought. Now look at how this thing's ran. I mean, it's ran like a scalded cat. It'll probably pull back. There'll be other opportunities to buy, but this is looking good, right? We have the 200 day has flattened and is now turned upward. The 50 day moving average has crossed the 200 day. We're well above it. This thing will probably trade down, you know, maybe all the way down to 24 or something like that, maybe in a little bit lower. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't pull back that far. But, you know, if you think oil prices are, go higher, are going higher later this year, like I believe, then this is, this is the kind of company you should be looking at. Now, it would have been better to be buying it back in here like we were, like I was nibbling at it. But in some of the other companies that we've mentioned in the portfolio, but, uh, you know, this is, I just want to use this as a teaching moment, as an educational segment. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for subscribing. Appreciate the uh, support. Um, continues to grow. Very grateful for it. Very grateful for the um, emails I get. You guys, a lot of people send me great emails, direct messages, give me a lot of information, insiders and companies, all kinds of things. Uh, which I'm not going to bust anybody out, but you know, things I, I would have never known about people that are plugged in politically. So I'm grateful for all of that. And it's really been a great experience. So want to continue. I'll keep doing this as long as people keep listening. Um, I'll try to take the criticisms as I can. Uh, and, you know, of course I will, you know, kick off and shoe off the ankle biters as usual, but uh, overall it's, it's, it's a great experience. And I really thank you all for the growth that we've seen. All right, that's it for next week. We'll talk to you uh talk to you next week.